the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It has been interesting as always, and... I got to tell you, yeah, I think today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of the changes that have been going on in the economy, um, why it's truly different this time. Actually, it's different every time. I mean, certain things have a tendency to repeat, but not in any order that would allow you to predict it with a high degree of accuracy. So, you know, if you keep doing certain things long enough, eventually something happens, uh, good or bad. And there's an awful lot of stuff that's really good. I mean, it's mind-boggling. I know a lot of people are upset by the headlines. and You have to remember that being people, okay, we have a tendency to pay attention to bad things that happen more so than the good things. And the, the people that uh, own news channels, they know that. <laughs> so they're going to put a lot of, you know, I, I don't know, I think uh, Beck, well, this is going way back. There was an old saying in some of the journalism classes, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> or, uh, you, you can probably figure that out on your own. I don't, I don't even want to spend any time explaining that. But I got to tell you, the, the more I'm reading, the more I'm seeing, uh, it is mind-boggling how fast technology is progressing. Although it's not fast enough for me, <laughs> I want to be... I'm like everybody else. I I want to be going all halfway around the world in an hour, the way that Elon Musk is and all these guys are racing. You know that by the way, that's why they're racing to be in outer space. And you'll notice that they're not going to another planet; they're just going up and coming back down. They're doing the test flights so that they can. You can, if you got a lot of money, you'll be able to go up and and get on one of their rockets. You'll pay them a bunch of money. But you'll be halfway around the world in about an hour. 
And think about that for a second. About an hour. That it's mind-boggling. I, and I feel like I'm back in 1996 when I was explaining to people what a smartphone was or a smart device. It hadn't been ex- invented yet, so wasn't even calling it that. Uh, we were talking about phones where you could actually send and receive video. And in 1996, I'm telling you, people went, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like that's never going to happen. <laughs> and uh, so people today that were born in 1996 are pretty old, actually, so they don't remember any of that. And um, it's uh, not very, not not super old, but old enough to to um, understand or, or maybe find some humor in that, that people didn't think that this was going to happen. So kind of cool i mean it's you know when like they like i said when they say it's different this time and you know i gotta wonder why uh, russia backed down that that's kind of unlike them and uh i was talking to somebody um somebody who basically has got friends in different places and he was saying oh yeah the ukrainians they're not even worried about this you know all this stuff is done in u.s media and i was going wow <laughs> Could that really be true? Uh, I don't know if it's true or not. I think it was just repeating a rumor. But uh, anyway, the uh, bottom line is you've got the largest economy in the world. China's catching up. China has problems, by the way. We all have problems. Everybody has problems. But the good outweighs the bad in in most cases. Um, They're a fierce competitor, which I don't mind. It keeps you sharp. If you want to get better, you know what you do? You find out who the best person is in the field that you want to participate in, and then you challenge them. Uh, the same way with sports. If you want to get better at basketball, then you should probably try to play against players who are better than you. That's how you get better. You, you compete. And competition brings out the best in everybody. And a lot of people don't like to compete, and I get it. Yeah, I understand because you're going to put everything you got, you got, you got, you got line, and that's what we do. That's what the people in this country do. And they're these kids today, they're they're sharper. I mean, they're they're more in tune with technology, which they're gonna need um big time if we're gonna keep up. And it's happening. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm amazed at what we're seeing. I'm really amazed. I didn't think this stuff was gonna start coming out for another ten, maybe fifteen years. And it looks like the uh a lot of the stuff that I thought might have been happening down the road is happening a little quicker. So, and then that's a good thing. It, it makes most of our lives e- easier. That There are a lot of challenges involved. You're going to have to have a lot more education. High schools are going to have to be completely redesigned at some point in time. Because you can't come out of high school today prepared for a job. You can't come out of high school prepared to contribute to uh, the economy you have to go to you have to do further schooling so we've got that to work on and that that's actually a good thing you know it'll evolve you're gonna have to hire people in there you're gonna have to get experts in and you'll have to have people coming in and teaching kids how to be electricians i mean how to work on electric cars in high school i had a uh yeah i had a uh my mind is going on me don't get old people I had a class and it was auto shop and it was in high school and I think I was a senior and uh, fortunately I had a uh, 1973 uh, Dodge Hornet that needed a whole lot of work all the time 
So we got to work on my car all the time. <laughs> it saved me a lot of money. It, it actually helped out the, the teacher because he was explaining all the stuff that we were doing to my car. <laughs> and all I had to do was buy the parts. So that was kind of cool. I don't, I don't think you'll ever see that again. You open up a hood today on an electric car, you touch the wrong wire, and that's the last wire you're ever going to touch. The, uh, so that's, it'll be a little bit more, a little more dangerous. Although some kid did cut himself really bad on a, on a saw once, you know, wood shop, but beyond. <laughs> now I'm just, now I'm just rambling, but it's interesting to see how far that we've come and where we're going, you know, and the, the direction could change and then directions change all the time. But yeah, I really like what I'm seeing. My biggest question is where are we going to get all the people who have the skills necessary to implement and manage and maintain all of this new equipment. That's, that's a problem. Um, so, and if you're able to get trained in those areas, like I said, electricians, linemen, the, uh, uh, people can, well, electricians, they can work on just about anything. You've got and all this machinery that's coming out. And I, I kept meaning, I, I, I really want to go back and, and do some research. Maybe I can get somebody from Lincoln Electric to come on the show one day. Um, they have a school that you can go to and the last time I looked and it's been a couple of years now um actually it's been probably four or five years last time I looked the program was a little over a year uh, of schooling you, you couldn't take it all in a little over a year but uh, so within about two years you, you could go to school there and when you graduated they started you with the very basics and moved you all the way up to fixing the robotic welding equipment and managing that and maintaining it. And those jobs are really good jobs. And the cost of their school was about less than half of the cost of a normal college uh, degree. And when you made it all the way through there, you got to pick from different jobs that you might want to take. So it's out there. Now I sat next to, right around that same time, it was really, it was kind of interesting. I'm sitting on a plane and I'm talking to a lady who represented the U.S. Uh, auto industry, the dealerships. And she was uh, uh, had an awful lot of information on the programs that they had for master mechanics at auto dealerships. And this was, a, this was a while ago. I mean, she was saying, these kids come in, if they qualify, they train them, and they pay them while they're being trained, and they pay them a, a nice livable wage, I mean, really good livable wage, especially for an 18-year-old. The... Uh, and then once they finished the school, and it was about three to four years, um, those guys, those kids were going to be in their early 20s making $150,000 a year. And that was, this is over a decade ago. So I can't imagine what that is today. And maybe it's not that way. And I'm probably made a lot of mechanics mad who aren't making $150,000. But that was a high level position, by the way, where you were going to oversee a uh, huge base of other mechanics. That was the potential there. Not that you would actually reach that, but if you had the certifications and you were just a regular mechanic there, sixty-five, seventy thousand bucks, you know, ten years ago, that was a uh, that that's a really good income with with having a minimal amount of schooling. And they had a program. I, I should even uh, maybe I'll start to call some of these people see if I can get them to come on the show because I know. Uh, I have a, a good friend of mine, he's HVAC guy, and he has a really tough time hiring people who have skills 
um, that uh, want to work. I, that's a very common theme today, but the uh, but it it's always been that way in uh, for him in that industry. So my point to all this is is that there are jobs. Um, is it easy? No, it's never been easy. This is America. I mean, you have the right to try. <laughs> Not that they have to lay down and make it, you know, roll out the red carpet for you. Sometimes you have to kind of really struggle. And I feel for you. Believe me. Yeah, I built my business cold calling. So it's uh, that's I was a cold calling stockbroker when I first started out in this industry. And uh, so the attrition rate was 19 out of 20 people that they hired wouldn't be there a year later. <laughs> that's, that's how daunting of a task that was. And I just didn't think I had another choice. I just, I had to stick it out. But uh, the bottom line is if, if you want to do it, you can do it. You can find a way. Um, there are lots of places that you can go, resources you can get. You can get a lot of help in different, a lot of different places. And uh, one of the biggest helps today is Google. I mean, I, I can't believe how much you can find out on Google. Now you have to verify and, and it is time consuming now. Now you, any search that you do, you're going to get thousands of references to websites. And, and it is laborious going through all that and trying to talk to people there. But, you know, that's, 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 that's how it's done. You know, back in my day, we didn't have that. We had this thing, uh, it was a manufacturer's directory. And I didn't even know about this until I, I started working for this company. So there was a manufacturer's directory. It was like a set of encyclopedias. And it had all these manufacturers, kind of like a, a little description of what they did and their business and their contact information. You had to pay a lot of money to get into that registry. And it was it was a Thompson. And uh, it was fascinating. And I was just thinking to myself, I, when I took... This class, and it was called, uh, the service was called Dialogue, and it was Google before Google, except that they actually, they didn't have Google. Um, you had to sign up, you had to know exactly what the web addresses were, and then to type them in. And um, these guys were publishing a book that had all the websites of all these businesses. <laughs> it was a book. And uh, so it was just before Yahoo actually came out with the search engine. I think they might have been first. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But anyway, when Google came along, uh, and well, actually just the internet came along, I was going, oh, but brother, you know, that's this is going to mean major change. And it was. It it, it changed the uh, magazine industry because there were a lot of magazines that were providing information on stuff like that. And uh, it, that was a huge change. Now, a lot of those magazines still exist. A lot of them went to both digital and print. Uh, a lot of them just went completely digital. A lot of them went away. Um, I hear the music. That means I have to go away for a few minutes. Uh, this is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question Felt like for 
four seasons of winter and you'd give anything to feel the sun always raging always climbing always second guessing the timing but god has a plan a purpose in this you are his child and don't you forget he put that hunger in your heart And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you have a question or you'd like to set up a phone meeting just to kind of get acquainted, you're you're welcome to come into the office. I will tell you that we're moving our offices just right across the street. It's uh, literally, I could throw a softball that far. and But we are moving, so you may not want to come in next week or the week after, but... Uh, if you want to meet, there's no cost. You know, I'll, I'll be glad to talk about your financial situation for you. We do specialize in asset management and retirement planning, retirement income planning. Um, actually, that's been my focus my almost my entire career. And right after I talk about this part, I, will, will, I just want to let people know I'm going to use the last segment of each show to talk about individual stocks because I've I've gotten a lot of people who got used to tuning in for that, and and they really like that, and uh, and I like it too. Uh, it's interesting, you know, it's fascinating. But the uh, uh, so the the first segment I generally talk about the economy and that and that kind of stuff. Um, but again, we're you know our firm's focused on trying to help your money last as long as you do. It's, I like to keep things ex- extremely simple. I don't think you need to complicate this. It's complicated enough. Uh, let's try to make it as as simple as humanly possible. And uh, there are certain basic fundamental ideas that you need to keep in mind when you're investing, when you're doing retirement planning, uh, especially the retirement income planning, because it is rough today. The retirement income planning is extremely difficult. You know, when I first started in the industry, I think CDs were paying around 10%. And that wasn't the highest, by the way. They had been actually higher than that before I uh, started. So if you could get a 10% CD, I mean, really? You didn't really need to have a whole ton of dough uh, to have a really good income, especially back in those days. So now that CDs are less than 1%, you need 10 times the money to get the same kind of income that you would have back then. That's a challenge. That's a big challenge. The fact that stock prices, if you look at the top 50 stocks in the S&P 500, it makes up over half of the value of that fund and a lot of them are overpriced so you could say the whole index is overpriced and it is that's one of the reasons that it's outperformed a lot of the other most of the other indexes around the world over the past five and ten years is because the overpriced stocks kept going higher and they kept getting more overpriced that that can be a problem now it's not all bad i mean it it could be rough you could have a a time period with inflation rising, if they start raising interest rates, you know, I've always said, I don't think they're going to raise interest rates. I don't think they'll raise interest rates a lot. In fact, they haven't raised interest rates, but rates have gone up. Why? Because the market's anticipating and they're not waiting for the Fed and they're selling the bonds now. When you sell bonds, prices have, if, you, if the sellers outweigh the number of buyers, the prices have a tendency to drop. When the bond price drops, the income, the interest rate actually goes up, but that doesn't make you feel better when you see your principal is still down. When you're still losing money, it doesn't make you feel better. Well, you know, hey, I had a, 
$100,000 and I was only getting 1%. Now I'm getting 2%. Why? Because the uh, bond dropped by 50%. <laughs> and, and that's basically what happens. Yeah, think about that for a second. You get $100,000 at 1%, and now the rates are 2%. You only need $50,000 to generate 1000 bucks. Okay. So I'm not saying that the bonds are going to drop 50% on a 1% increase. That's very unusual, but it's just to illustrate a point. Bond prices drop when interest rates go up. The average portfolio is a 60-40 across the country, 40% fixed income, which works just like CDs, and um, they are bonds in most cases. So you've got a, people have a huge chunk of money in this thing, and, and they've got all these exotic funds out there now that are supposed to be able to take care of it, and they, they won't something if it's a bond it's a bond it, it could be a junk bond which means you don't have the uh, guarantees of a government agency or a a plus rated company behind it that might pay a little bit more but you're taking real risk to your principal because if that company were able to pay back its interest easily it wouldn't have to pay so much okay so when you get a high interest rate you have to immediately start going how are they doing it in in most cases, they're gonna be you're gonna be taking on risk that you may not even be familiar with, and that that's the one thing I'm. Uh, it, it is it is hard, and see that the problem with this is most people are are looking for this for safety, and the vast majority of people that are looking for safety are people who are older and they don't have the time to make up for mistakes, and that's why I think it's so important. And even BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, has started to. Um, come out with annuities, you know, annuities in their 401k plans. So annuities are a pretty good option given the, the environment that we're in right now, the environment that we're likely to stay in. And actually, it'll probably get better for annuities because it's going to get worse for bonds. <laughs> and uh, unless you're parking your money in cash and you're happy not making any returns, and money markets, I think, are paying about one-tenth of one percent or so, um, it would be better than losing money, incidentally. But if you're looking for some sort of a return, you got to look at a fixed index annuity. You just have to. I mean, it's just, those are, it's the safest option. And I mean, you don't have to. If you're in your 40s, forget it. You know, forget everything I just said. Just keep buying stock funds. And that's another thing that's really important for you to know. There's no one size fits all. There's no magic pill, magic formula. It just doesn't work. Life doesn't work that way. And if you're past the age of 50, you already know that. I mean, you, you've been around long enough to realize, yeah, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. <laughs> and, uh, but with a fixed index, you've got rates that you can't really match in other asset categories. You've got a level of safety you can look at the companies that you're dealing with. Make sure they're at least A-plus rated. Okay, that, That's a big deal. Um, so they've been around a lot longer than most people have, by the way. A lot of the insurance companies, especially the bigger, more financially stable ones. And, you know, it, it's a uh, there's a big need for this, and so it fills that need. Now, when I'm looking at them, the only thing I'm worried about are the guarantees. I want to know what the guarantees are. I don't care about what it's invested in so much. You know what I'm saying? They, they give you options to invest in. I have a, uh, uh, there's an idea that I, I like that is available in that product. But basically, you're, you're guaranteeing an income 
that's what you're doing. You're, you're trying to buy a guarantee on income. Now, again, it's only as good as the underlying insurance company that's making the guarantee. So uh, you got to be careful. And I worked for one of the biggest and oldest insurance companies in the country at the time, and they ended up getting into financial trouble trying to make good on the interest rates that they had promised you know, years and years before. When interest rates dropped, they still had to pay those high interest rates. It ended up straining their capital, and they ended up having to sell off to another insurance company. So what was interesting was it, during when that happened, when that company basically folded, okay, they uh, nobody lost any money because the companies that bought the assets made good on their promises. Um, they cut the length of the guarantees on the products. They were allowed to do that. Uh, but they came back with a pretty competitive rate, and uh, that's why that wasn't a big debacle and why most people don't even realize that it ever happened. So, But not always. If you look back to 2008, 2009, if you want to avoid something like that, you know, there's some pretty big insurance companies that were doing some things they shouldn't have done. They're highly regulated, by the way. The way they invest their money, um, they have to be conservative because that's their, you know, people have claims against that. So the, the thing that they have going for them is that their corporation they can ride out the ups and downs of the stock market you and i can't because we have a life expectancy and one day we're going to die and the older you get the fewer years you have to make back for the errors so that's that that's what you're doing you're actually shifting your risk and it's called longevity risk and it should be called not enough longevity risk <laughs> Because if you die before it recovers, you know, everybody you lose money or your family loses money. So, um, but anyway, that that's what they call it, the longevity risk. And an insurance company, because they're still going to be around, they can wait it out. You know, they can be there and keep doing the things that they've done, uh, at least try to. And, and again, I have to tell you, I, I'm paranoid with the whole compliance <laughs> thing. You're not allowed to promise uh, anything. The the uh, promises that are made by an insurance company are only as good as an insurance company is. So again, you know, make sure you're staying with some very well healed companies. There's a uh, AM best rating. I, I like to see at least an A plus. Um, and the the rates of return on those things are pretty significant, particularly when you're looking at everything else that's currently available. And I'm going to. Uh, Take a second right here. I'd, I'd like to pull this up. There's a website that you can go to if you'd like to play around with it. You can put your age in there, and it will tell you how much um, money you could generate given a certain investment. And it'll also give you the opportunity to say, all right, I need this much money per year. How much do I need to invest to be able to do that? And uh, you know, I'll tell you what, my internet all week has been horrible and, and it's horrible again today yeah this stuff is taking forever to come up on here that normally that that's not happening and uh, i don't know if you've noticed it or not but there i'm on the internet almost every day all day all of our stuff we have uh um you know we're in the cloud and the cloud not in the regular internet not going on yahoo or stuff like that but uh we hook up directly into a lot of our custodians and I'm telling you, the uh, it's slow. It's just really slow. And after all this time, and they've had all this time to work on it, I, I guess more people have. And that, you know, that may be one of the bigger problems with the economy going forward. Not enough people 
to fill all the jobs that are available, especially once they start rebuilding the grid. I mean, that's you're gonna the demand is is outweighs the supply as far as the demand for services and the industry's ability to provide those services because they don't have the workers. And that has been killing me. I mean, it's it's unbelievably slow relative. I guess I was just spoiled before. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so I'm uh, looking at, they, they call it a guaranteed income tool. If you'd like a link, I can send you a link to this so that you can get in there and get around and play with it yourself. And I'm just going to try to pull one up here. Hopefully it comes to. And uh, hey, look, it's starting to work. So this is a single person. And let's say you're 66. So next year you're going to qualify for full Social Security. Okay. 66 now. Next year you'll be 67. You're going to qualify for full Social Security. And okay. So I clicked on it and it brought me back to the same page. Lovely. <laughs> oh, you're 66 years old. Next year you're going to be 67. And you want to know how much you can get out of the, uh, if you bought one of these. So here's the deal. You put $100,000 in and you have to wait 12 months to be able to start to take income from it. Uh, next year, the $100,000, they would guarantee an income of $5,956, okay, according to their website. $5,956 versus less than 1000 in a CD. I don't know. Uh, I think it's worth considering. Anyway, I hear the music. I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. I'll be back after these messages. To you and tell you all about my heartbreak. And I wonder to myself, wait a minute, am I even on the right path now? Had a couple wins, but I got knocked down. But I know that you are here right now, and you say, Ooh, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. Ooh, you gotta get up, up again. back gotta have faith yep and you know what <laughs> oh i i this makes people nervous when i say this but our entire economy your financial uh life is all dependent on faith it is all faith <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think God's been good to this country. Uh, he uh, inspired a lot of stuff. The first thing was the Federal Reserve. <laughs> because that is what has allowed us to grow as quickly as we can. The ability to extend credit, the ability to lend money and create it out of thin air. And a lot of people get really upset when I say that because they want to go back to the gold standard. Well, let me tell you something, dude. Because they're mostly dudes. <laughs> Women have, happen to be a little smarter in this area. But as my personal opinion, I know that's biased, but just my own life experience. 
if you went back to a gold standard, you would have to, the whole world would come to a screeching halt, see, because, and at some point in time, you wouldn't be allowed to grow anymore because you would have mined every ounce of gold on the planet. Now, how do you pay for anything else when you've already got all the gold that there is? <laughs> and I know that sounds for, to some people so ridiculously simple that it can't be true. And no, it is. Yeah. But that is beyond the point. The Federal Reserve System, uh, the banking system in this country is one of the reasons that, you know, we're the top, we're still the top economy. And it we didn't invent it, but we recognized a good thing when we saw it and we put it, started putting it into place. Imagine this, you know, the big screeching sound you'd be hearing all over the country is every industry, every business stopping if you had to pay cash for everything you got. Can you imagine paying cash for a house or a car? Or a refrigerator, for that matter. <laughs> you can do that. but the uh, uh, And a lot of people do cash for their cars and stuff. But it would really slow things down. So that's what enabled the whole, enables the whole thing. And it's the thing that's most important. It is most important. It drives the stock market. Right now, those interest rates are really low. And we've gotten ourselves into a, a situation where we've got a ton of debt. So if you raise the interest rates, the, you know, the government has to pay the has to raise the interest rates on all those bonds and they're going to have to pay that. And I'm not sure that, that, you know, that's the smartest thing to do to raise the government's payments, obligated payments by billions and billions and billions of dollars, especially right now. So, and it's always been tough. It's never been easy, but I think we've done a, a really good job of it. And there's some other countries that haven't done quite as good a job of it. Uh, but Again, a lot of it comes down to having faith in the system. If you have faith in the system, then you're going to relax. By the way, the, the, the way to have faith in the system, and the next time I do a seminar, uh, whenever that's going to be, whenever it opens up and we can you know, sit closer than six feet apart, I guess, because uh, I'd, I'd probably be able to fit about you know, 20, <laughs> that's about it, into a space. But we'll talk about this in more detail. It is the most important thing. And it's the reason that the United States, well, one of the main reasons that we've done so well as an economy. It's the ability to extend credit. Uh, there are a lot of other reasons, but that, that's a major contributing factor. By the way, we didn't invent this. It was invented in, in Germany. Uh, we exported it to England a couple hundred years ago. Actually, it might even be a little bit longer than that. I think it is. And then they exported it here. We caught on to the idea really quickly. And, and it's really, it's, it's what caused the, the country to be able to expand uh, as fast as it has. And it's the most important factor in the economy. How are the banks doing? Are they lending? Are they raising? By the way, raising interest rates will not stop people from borrowing money. I don't know if you've ever talked to many people who, who borrow money Buy cars they probably shouldn't own, you know, buy houses they probably shouldn't live in because it's not in their budget. That doesn't stop them. So as long as you'll lend people the money, there's, there's a huge portion of the population that will take it. You lend, you, what, you lend me the money? Oh, great. And uh, so if it, but if it's not available, then that's when things slow down really quickly. Raising the interest rates will cause some people not to qualify for a loan that they may have qualified otherwise, depending, uh, it's based on their income. So that has a slowing effect. 
if you really want to slow the economy down, raise the reserve requirements on all the banks. That screeching sound you hear is the market crashing. Uh, it will recover, by the way, because when they once they do that, they have a tendency to go back and unwind it and let, you know, start it all over again. So it used to be called an economic cycle. And now the uh, cycles are uh, have little tiny mini cycles going on. It's just uh, it, that that part's really mind boggling. So I'm going to leave all that stuff, the, the deeper stuff. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about stocks for a few minutes because I, I know people have uh, they, they like that. And, and I like it. You know, it's something I haven't been able to do nearly as much of. Uh, and yes, I am still holding on to purple. And yes, I'm getting my butt kicked. <laughs> but I still like it. If these guys talk about bad luck, the uh, holy cow, they broke ground on a factor. The mattresses, by the way, are awesome. I recommend them highly. I've had one forever. I, I that's why I bought the stock. You know, well, one of the reasons I bought the stock, the financials are pretty good, particularly since they started to build their own factory right at the beginning of the pandemic and haven't been able to do that. Um, the sales are very strong. The gross profit margins are extremely strong. They're just a young company and, um, they had a, uh, you know, they've got a lot of debt to be able to try to expand. They were going to try to expand quickly and put a factory in the United States. They had to have these things made in, in China and shipped over here. And I'm going to tell you, those are heavy because I had to move it. <laughs> they are really heavy. Yeah, it's got the whole mattress, the box spring, everything's built into one unit. And by the way, they rolled it up in a ball, or, or in a uh, roll, and I had to unroll it. I was amazed that uh, they were able to do that, too. So technology is pretty interesting. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, I hope these guys make it. <laughs> I do own the stock. This, the symbol is PRPL. And it was made, it made a new 52-week low yesterday. It's not the all-time low. When they, it hasn't, been, hasn't even been public that long. And, uh, but, uh, anyway, I still like it. It's under the price that they came public at and the company is significantly larger than it was then. And, uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on, but I'll, I'll leave that one alone. And just when I go through typically what I'm looking for, one of two things, I'm, I'm looking for a pattern that occurs in stocks that are going up really fast. There are actually several patterns that occur in those. And I'm kind of glancing and looking through that. And once we're able to do meetings again once i get in my new office they have an auditorium in that building that i can use and we can do little mini seminars and i have an, an investment club i know uh that would really love to be able to use those facilities it's just so much easier and uh, then i can it, it's a lot easier to talk or to show you what i'm talking about rather than just trying to explain it especially on the radio but uh, I'm just going through, and I'm seeing uh, there are a lot of stocks on this list, by the way. That, that's one of the um, things that tells you how weak or strong the market is. When you've got more than 100 stocks that comes up on, on this particular scan, it's pretty strong. Right now, there are 132, and it's only 1020 in the morning. So, so what that tells me is the market has started off really strong for the day. Because that's a high number of stocks to come up there. Now, by the end of the day, it could be down to five. You know, because the market could start to sell off. The stock prices start to drop again. This is all based on price movement. And I like to kind of try to combine price movement with what I think the company might be worth. And that helps a lot. Like here, here's the, uh, I'm going to take a look at this one when I get back to the office. Um, 
It's United Fire and Casualty, so it's an insurance company. The symbol is UFCS. It was $37. Bucks. Oh, this is back in 2021. Let me go see. Yeah, the high was uh, over $60 in 2018. So it was over $60. It's now down to $28.90. Uh, had a huge day three days ago. It was up a lot on a huge amount of volume. That's what you want to see if you're looking to kind of ride the wave. Um, it's a momentum style of investing. It's not like purple I buy because I like the company and I think the financials look really strong. And I think at some point in time, it's probably going to, if it survives, it will probably sell back up around $40 where it was before it started crashing. <laughs> <laughs> and I've added to my holdings, by the way. I mean, I did one of the things that you're not supposed to do if you're a trader. Uh, I bought on the way down. And uh, so my positions, I've got a lot more shares than I had before. And they're a lot, a lot less expensive now. But the uh, anyway, that is the total antithesis of what I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about now is, and this is basically long-term trading. You're looking for clues to find those stocks that are going up really fast right now who you think may have a chance to continue. And if they don't continue, you're just going to get right back out. And so we'll talk about that again. And, uh, and again, I, I can't wait to get into the new space because hearing it is one thing. Seeing it is another. And once you point it out, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, it doesn't, it's not magic, by the way. The uh, Actually, it, it takes a lot of patience, um, and rightly so. I mean, if it were easy, you know, nobody would ever have to work. So uh, anyway, that company, United Fire and Casually, why do I like it? Well, according to Telechart, now I will double check this with my other sources, but uh, the price of sales ratio is 0.53, and the average for an insurance company is over 1%. The price to sales ratio is typically one or higher. Some I've seen them get as high as uh, two, uh, which is a lot for an insurance company. But this one's 0.53, and it comes up on a momentum scan. So I'm going, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to check that one off, and I'm, I'll go back and look into their financial statements, find out, first of all, why did it drop so low? Secondly, what's going on now? If the company's recovering and their profit margins are starting to expand and their revenues may be expanding a little bit, hey, we might have something there. So that's one of those things that, uh, you know, we'll have to, I'll talk about it from now on. I'll, I'll take some time to talk about this on each and every show. And because it, it you know, it is, it's fun. Uh, it's actually, if you're doing it for anything more than a hobby, though, I think you might be making a mistake. Uh, I think a, uh, just a hobby because um, there are funds that are using criteria that's extremely similar to what I'm using in my scan. And if you don't have time or don't want to put the time in or you just don't have the patience, the funds are the best way to go. That's I have a ton of my money invested in those funds. Yeah. And but I like to do this, too. And uh, um, I like the investing part of it. I can't remember how long I've had discover now but it's been a long time and i got discover it came up on the momentum scan and i looked at it and go oh you know there are only like three really big credit card companies visa mastercard discover uh actually four there's the uh, uh american express and they're all extremely profitable and you know everybody's thinking that they're gonna push discover out of business the, the the bigger ones we're going to push them out of business i'm like yeah well that might happen but i don't think so so you know invested in it and 
did pretty well. Then it got crushed when the market dropped in March of 19, 2019. I go from, uh, I think I bought it in the, uh, somewhere in the mid sixties and it was in the mid nineties. And then a couple of weeks later, it's 26. <laughs> think about that for a second from mid nineties to 26. So I bought some more in there. I think I got my average cost basis down around 32 or something like that. And I'm still holding it. And let's see where that is now today. It's 123. And it's been all over the map. I mean, it's been crazy. In fact, I was talking to this guy who was trying to recruit me uh, away. By the way, I'm never going outside of my own firm. But anyway, he was trying to recruit me. And uh, I know he knew what he was doing. He, he was extremely knowledgeable in stock markets. And uh, he knew that I owned Discover and, and we had talked about it. And when, when we had talked about it, it was actually in the low 30s and it got all the way down to, I think, 24, 25 bucks, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and um, I just added a couple of times because I, I really like that company. And I never put so much in one company that it's going to jeopardize my financial health. I just, I just don't. I, I'm, that, that's not my personality. And um, by nature, I'm actually pretty conservative. And I know it doesn't sound like that on this show a lot. It sounds like I'm extremely aggressive. I'm really not. The, uh, I actually have the nationwide product, you know, and I'm not going to be retired for at least another 12 years. The, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll last as long as Warren Buffett. <laughs> That's 90 and still doing it, you know, every day. That just, that blows my mind. I mean, that's it, amazing. So I don't know if I'll have that uh, longevity in me. But I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> and, and it is fun. And it's, it's nice. It, you, know, you, you can read about this stuff. It's so leisurely anymore. It used to be a, you, know, you had to scramble to try to get access to the information. Or you know, your downloads were really, really slow. All that stuff has changed. And uh, it's just amazing how much stuff is out there. And, that, and that's one of the problems, though, is that there is a lot of stuff out there. And you have to kind of figure out what your favorite sources of information are. Um, I use a, uh, I use Morningstar. But uh, anyway, I hear the music, and that means my show is over. If you heard anything you have questions on, please feel free to, to email me or call us. My contact information is on my website, BullingtonCapital.com. My name is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.